Hello and welcome to The Widow Podcast. I am your host, Karen Sutton, The Widow Coach. I am a widow, a mum, a health coach, a life coach and grief coach. I want to help you see that you really can create something truly meaningful after loss. You have everything you need within you and I want to help you find it so you can see how capable and amazing you really are. Helping you find a more positive way through your grief. and welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me again. Today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about significant days um, after you've lost a loved one and I guess I've chosen this today um, because as I record this it is my wedding anniversary Um, and it's September and it's the, the month that Simon died in and it just felt relevant, I suppose, to me to, to talk about it because it's it's there for me, it's showing up for me. And it's something that comes up a lot in my groups and with my clients, that the days, the days that feel heavy. Now, grief is messy. Grief is chaotic. And grief lasts a very long time. And I think sometimes when we are thrown into the world of grief, our expectations of it are wildly disproportionate to what actually happens, how it is in reality for us. And this can be quite alarming to us and it can make us feel like we're not doing it right, we're getting it all wrong, Um, that, that there's something wrong with us essentially. And I think it's really important that we try to understand grief a lot better. We try to understand ourselves a lot better within the grieving journey, because we will all do it very differently. We will all do it in in different ways, at different stages, at different paces. And it's okay. There's, There's no right or wrong way of doing it. And I think it's really important that that we acknowledge that, that we recognize that. And I think one of the big things that I noticed through my grieving journey was that I'd, I'd kind of put time limits on how I was going to be feeling at certain points. And I guess the first one was for me, I thought, well, if I can get through the first six months, it's going to start to feel a a lot better. Um, Of course, it didn't, um, because, as you may know, my husband died very suddenly of a heart attack. And I think actually I was in shock for a long time, for a long, long time. So for the, you know, the reality of the loss to kick in that 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 took a a long time to process um, and to acknowledge I suppose so after six months I wasn't feeling miraculously better and it wasn't I guess I thought initially I was going to be in a lot of pain I I kind of expected it to be bad initially and I think I, I expected this gradual lessening of pain and I would just gradually become better and after six months it would feel a lot better and then after a year I'd feel a lot better because you know how it is everyone says don't they give it a year get through all those first dates in that first year and you think yeah okay okay let's let's do this um and then I got to the end of the first year and I was exhausted and the reality 
of Simon not being here, never coming back. And this was now my life. This was my life. This wasn't just a, a period of time that I kind of had to work through, in essence. I had to keep going. And I had to get through another year. And I had to go through all those dates again. Um, and that was really hard. And I think what I came to realize was as well that you can feel like you're doing quite well at some points. And you are, you know, you're living life. You might be having some fun and feeling lighter. And then something happens. Something triggers you. And it might be a, a big day. It might be something smaller, just the day-to-day stuff, you know, just someone to talk to at the end of your day, someone to talk to first thing in the morning, a song, a smell, a restaurant, you, you know, it's not always the big things. It's sometimes the little things and it can, it can feel like you're going backwards and you think, oh God, I was doing so well. What's wrong with me? What am I doing? And it's a roller coaster, right? You, you know, you're up and down like a yo-yo. You've no idea where you're heading some days. And that for me was a huge learning curve because I, I genuinely thought I was going backwards. I, I didn't acknowledge the fact maybe that I wasn't going backwards. It was it, it, it was my grieving journey. And that was me processing it and working through it. And I think it's really important that we understand that you you don't go backwards you can't go backwards there is only forwards but it doesn't always feel like that on the inside does it so you know these these days these you know my husband died on sunday the 11th of september 2016 and you know and, and also i mean I, th- I think he he collapsed. He was on a bike ride and, and he collapsed um, at about 10 to 10. And they worked on him for an hour. And I think they probably called it about 10 to 11. I found out about half past 11. And, you know, half past 11 the next day was huge. And half past 11 the day after that and the day after that. And then the Sunday and then every every Sunday, became heavy you know because that was the day he died on and then the 11th of every month was really heavy because he died on the 11th and they were all milestones they were all triggers the time the day the date and you kind of think oh I am never going to be okay on a Sunday again I'm never going to be okay at 10 to 11 or half past 11 um I'm never going to be okay on the 11th of of any month anymore because it's it's a constant reminder and for a long time you're not it hurts it hurts like hell and you relive those moments and and you feel like you're almost getting further away from them because each day each week each hour that passes that you know you you're like I'm I'm getting further away from them and you can't say oh I saw him yesterday or I saw him last week or I saw him last month or I saw him last year anymore it's that the time keeps moving and we cling on to these moments in time um and and that as well unsettles us um, and really tugs at our heartstrings, really tugs at our heartstrings. So these days, you know, they, they come, they do come. And initially, like I say, it's, it's the day, it's the date, it's the time. 
And, and then, of course, you've got the anniversaries, you've got the birthdays, you, you've got holidays, you've got weekends. Sometimes, you know, when you've got kids and it's family time, they can feel really difficult. Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Easter, Christmas. I mean, the days are relentless, right? And that, that there's always something and they are they are huge for us and, and they're difficult to come to terms with. And again, in the beginning, you know, it really feels like there's never going to be a normality around those days again. But, you know, I have to say today is my fifth wedding anniversary without Simon. But it's the first day, it's the first anniversary that I have woken up without that pit in my stomach, without the heaviness without the sickness, without the anxiety, without the sadness. And it's the first day that I really feel I am remembering my wedding day with more love than pain. And it actually feels quite beautiful. And there's a part of me, if I'm completely honest, there is a part of me that wants to stay in my grief and tell people I feel really sad and and talk about it and, and acknowledge it and remind people of it. Because I guess there's a part of me that feels that if I'm in the grief, if I'm sad, Simon is remembered more. I'm, I'm, I'm respecting his loss more. And I've had to battle a bit with that myself because it doesn't feel natural because, you know, for the last four anniversaries I've, I've had without Simon, it's it's been really heavy and, and hard. And, you know, a lot of people have gathered around me and we have talked about it. And it's quite hard letting that go. I, I didn't necessarily have any... Um, I didn't, I didn't have anything that I did particularly um, to mark the occasion. But I have noticed over time that it is less remembered by others. It is less acknowledged by others. And like I say, there's part of me that wants to, to almost pretend maybe. That, I don't know. I'm being really honest and really frank here um, that it... it, it I've had to give myself permission to say, it's okay. It's okay, Karen. You don't have to be full of sorrow all the time. You can remember with love and everyone else can remember with love and you can celebrate Simon's life without feeling like you're mourning his death all the time. And, and like I say, this is, this is part of my journey now and this is where I'm heading with it. And it, again, that doesn't feel natural. It, it kind of goes against the grain of the story I think I've been telling myself. I'm going to grieve forever. I'm going to be sad forever. This is going to hurt forever. It's never going to be okay. And I'm learning, actually, it is okay. I have my days. I do still really miss him some days, but not every day. And that's okay too. There are times when I'm genuinely really happy in my life and I can accept the fact that he's not here and I'm okay with it because what I have created since he died is very, very meaningful, very, very fulfilling for me. 
Um, that's not to say I've got the perfect life. <laughs> I haven't. Um, you know, I still have the, the usual ups and downs and I get fed up with the mundanity and the kids drive me nuts and, and all that kind of good stuff. Trying to juggle everything is is hard, but essentially I'm I'm very grateful for it all and I love it. And I don't always miss him. I don't always miss him. Sometimes I talk to him and, and I will say, I'm okay. I, I am actually okay. I'm, you know, I'm glad I had you in my life and I'm very grateful I had you in my life because you, you, you've brought me to this point. Um, and I guess I'm sharing this with you because I want you to see maybe that someday, whenever that is, you know, you might get to this point within two years, you might get to it within 10 years. It doesn't matter. It, I want to give you a little bit of hope and I guess to help you give yourself permission that if you feel okay on a day, that's okay too. You know, we don't have to always feel sad. We don't have to always mourn and be sorrowful and remember with pain. You know, it's it's a journey. It is a journey. We're never going to forget them. We're never going to forget them. We're never going to stop loving them. That That's not how this works. But I guess, you know, in the early days, the, these significant days that come along are really heavy and they do set you back and they do hurt like hell. And you do wake up with that pit in your stomach and that sick feeling and the anxiety and the fear for the future and the doubt that you have and the lack of confidence and just that I am never going to be okay again kind of feeling creeps up on us. And that's okay too, you know? It's all part of, of, your, of your healing journey. And, you know, it's, it, I think it's, again, it's important that to recognize as hard as these, these days are, don't always think of them as setbacks. You know, it feels like it. Like I say, it feels like we're going backwards in our grieving journey, but we're not. They are They are invitations. These days are invitations to remember with love, to connect with our loved ones and celebrate the lives that they lived. They are also an invitation for us to remember and not forget them. You know, an invitation to dive in to our grief, sit with the hurt and the pain, acknowledge it, connect with ourselves, you know, and, and kind of think, what do I need? What do I need in this moment, in this day to help me get through it in the best way that I can for me, for them and for those around me? You know, if if you have children you may want to do something with them that marks it. My children have never felt the need to mark occasions. Um, you know, on birthdays, on Simon's birthday, particularly, we've, we've sometimes baked cakes or, or been out for a meal. Um, but we, we don't have any rituals in place. Um, I think we all just like to remember in our own personal and private way. And that's okay too, you know. It I think sometimes we can feel pressure and, and and people will say to you, What do you want to do? How do you want to market? We could do this, we can do that. And you think, oh, I better had, I better had, I better, you know, I, it maybe it shows some kind of respect um, to acknowledge it. And other people are expecting me to do this, so I should 
you shouldn't. You need to do what is right for you. And if other people want to celebrate it and throw a party or, or do whatever it is they want to do, let them. That, that's that's for them to do. And that's, that's absolutely fine. But if you don't want to do that, check in with you. See what you feel like doing. And I, and I always say to people, have options, you know, because sometimes the build up to the event can be horrendous absolutely horrendous and we think oh god I'm never going to get through this and then the day comes and all of a sudden it's like oh okay it's all right actually I feel okay today and you might want to do something you might want to go and see someone you might even want to have some fun you know you might want to do something that brings joy to your life if the week up to it has felt really heavy and you feel lighter you might think I want to go out I want to go out I want to celebrate something I want to have some fun I want to do something for me that's good the build up to it you might think, oh, you know, I want to do something really nice. I want to honor them. I want to go and do something that they love doing. I want to be with the people that they love being with. I want to have the party that they were going to have. And then the day comes and you're flawed. That that grief wave has come and it has knocked you off your feet. And you just can't cope. You can't. So when I say have options, you know, have a couple of things lined up, but say to people, I may want to cancel, you know, I, I I don't know how I'm going to feel on the day. I might want some company. I might not. I might want to go out. I might not. I might just want someone to come and sit with me. I might want to just go on a walk on my own or with you. People will want to help you and people will want to support you, but they won't know how to do that unless you guide them. And I think we have to be really honest. You know, we have to be okay with expressing how we're feeling. You know, we we have to lean into that, which is something we're not very good at. We're very good at pretending. We're very good at saying, no, it's fine. I'm okay. Don't worry. I'll sort it. <laughs> that's that's not how you're really feeling. You're, you're, you're trying not to be a burden. You're trying not to be the miserable one. And people want to show up for you. So kind of let them guide them. But like I say, have options. Don't commit yourself to something that's going to make you feel anxious or stressed or overwhelmed because that's just going to make the, the grief worse. Also, I think grief, naturally, we want to avoid pain because it hurts, right? Who wants to hurt? Nobody wants to hurt. So again, we become very good actors and actresses and we box things up and we push them away and we ignore them and we think, oh, don't worry about that right now. And we can kind of just pretend everything's okay, ignoring what's really going on, what's really going on in here for us. And that takes up a lot of energy, a lot of energy. And actually, it takes up a little less energy to confront the pain, to sit with the pain, to acknowledge it, to let it in, to sit with it and, al- and allow it to, to be whatever it needs to be. And if that is crying on the kitchen floor, hugging one of their jumpers, listening to your sad songs, bawling your eyes out, then that's what you need to do. Your body knows what it needs to do. It will guide you, but we're not very good at listening because we just want to push it all away and we want to ignore it. And we've got to get better at sitting with it, comforting it (laughs) and sharing it, you know, connecting with others, letting others see 
what we're feeling, hear what we're feeling, understand our reality. So, you know, remember, don't forget. Invite it in, confront it, don't avoid it have options for your day you know you might just want to light a candle you might want to go and visit them um if they're if they're buried somewhere or you've scattered their ashes you might want to write a letter you know you might want to bake a cake you might want to send a card you might want to write a letter um there's so many things that you can do to honor them on that day there's things that you can do to celebrate their life and there's things that you can do to grieve them as well And it's about doing whatever you need to do in that particular moment. You're not going backwards. You're not doing it wrong. It's all part of the grieving process. There's no right or wrong here. We will all do it very differently. And 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 it's all okay. And it's also okay to have fun. It's not disrespectful doesn't mean that you've forgotten them or you no longer love them or grieve them if you want to go and have some fun go and have some fun give yourself permission you know just sometimes when things feel difficult for us we have to sit down and explore that a little bit and kind of think okay well why why is this feeling difficult for me again going back to my story of if it felt difficult for me to be okay today and to say to people actually I'm okay because it's not it's not normal it's not my normal in my grief but I have to give myself permission because that's my truth and I've always been very much about being authentic and and honest about how things are um because you know it's I've just seen a lovely quote on Instagram, actually, and I I can't remember it verbatim, but something along the lines of, this is a season, don't turn this season into a lifetime. And it really resonated with me because it's what I've been feeling. You you know, that the the season of of painful grief, um, I naturally want to turn that into a, a lifetime because I feel that that's how I honor Simon the most and the best and the, and most respectfully. But actually, that's not true. That's a story I'm telling myself because, you know, I don't have to remember him with pain all the time. I can remember him with love and with laughter and with lovely memories. And I have so many lovely memories. You know, my wedding day was one of the best days of my life. It really was. I just, as for anyone, everyone that gets married, it is just the most remarkable of days surrounded by the people that you love the most. And to be able to look back on that, you know, with such joy and such love, it really is a blessing. It really is a blessing. But it's taken a lot of work and it's taken a long time to get here. And that's not to say that every year it's going to be the same either. You know, I've still got the 11th of September to, to, to get through. I don't know what's going to happen then, but I'm going to go with whatever comes my way. And that's the point, isn't it? You, you know, you've, you've got to go with the good and the bad because that's grief and that's life. You know, in, in, in a lot of respects, it's, it's kind of how it works. And, you know, <laughs> I think it's it's lovely to celebrate someone's life 
as much as we can. You know, yes, they died and that is hugely tragic, but they also lived. And we have to work hard not to let the death become the thing that you remember most about them because they lived for a long time. They were in our lives for a long time. And to remember the life and the things they brought to our lives and, you know, the good and the bad, it wasn't, it's not all good, is it? You know, they, they drove us mad. Um, and and to, to celebrate that, the, the things they taught us and who we are as a result of having had them in our lives, those things can be celebrated and, and that's okay. And it's not allowing their lives to be, you know, overshadowed by the loss, I suppose, as time moves forward, as time moves forward. So, you know, check in with yourself, see how you're feeling, see what you want to do, have options ready, you know, make sure you've got some time to rest in your day because grief is exhausting. And if you're feeling particularly heavy, you're going to want to rest, you're going to want some time for you. And that's really important too. And I think it's also a wonderful thing to do to find things that you are thankful for. Um, sometimes gratitude can feel too big. Um, it, it can feel disrespectful. You, you know, we kind of, the word gratitude, sometimes in grief, we can feel that it's just not um, appropriate at times so sometimes it, you know if you can find things you're thankful for because there are always things to be thankful for you know always 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 even in our darkest of days there are things to be thankful for and it's really good for us it's good for our souls it's good for our minds to recognize the things that we are thankful for you know our own health our own life, for having the person in our life, for them being present, for our children, for our loved ones, for our families, for our homes, for our jobs, um, for our pets, um, to wake up in the morning and have our cup of tea, we could be really thankful for that, or, or coffee. Um, there's so much, and, and it doesn't always have to be big things, they can be little things, you know, you, you might go on a walk, and you might just be thankful for the view. You might be thankful for the sun on your face. You might be thankful for the wind in your hair. Find something, find something in your day, because as much as it doesn't crowd out the, the grief and the pain and the hurt, you, you know, it does remind us that there is also good alongside the pain. And it doesn't have to, to all be about the pain that, that, you know, that you can have the two things that are true, that the, the thankfulness, the gratitude, um, but also that the sorrow and the hurt and the pain. But, you know, it does help focus us if, if we can look at things that, that we are grateful for. Anyway, I hope some of that has helped. And, you know, if you have days coming up, there are always days, you know, I have to say, I love the, the summer months because once um, Simon's birthday has gone in May, I've got June, July and August that are day free for me. Apart from, I do have, there's Father's Day isn't there in July. Um, but, you know, that they're, they're fairly date free. And then it starts again in September and the run up to Christmas and, and you kind of relive it all, don't you, in your mind. But 
if you do have dates coming up, be kind to yourself, rest, lean into what you need, tell people how you're feeling and do something that connects you to your loved one, however you want to do that, because that's what grief is. Grief is our love. And if we can find a way of expressing that love and, and showing that to our person, it can really help us, you know, I guess, tunnel that, that hurt and that pain in, into something that feels good, you know, um, like you're sending that, that love somewhere because love never dies. I'm sending you all lots of love and I will look forward to speaking to you again very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today on the widow podcast if you would like to find out more about how i can help you please visit my website www.karensutton.co.uk i would love to help you find your way forward to a brighter future so get in touch let's have a conversation and let's help you take back control and find a more positive way through your grief I look forward to hearing from you.